What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. All right, and we are back. Another edition, another installment, another episode of Get the Ball Rolling. This will be our F. BS uh, edition of this. I have spent um, the day sitting through presentations. This is our uh, last week of college before uh, the final uh, test is taken. So I uh, had a lot of time to be, uh, I mean, don't tell my professors this, but playing on my computer and looking up college football stats in preparation for uh, this podcast. And really what I feel entirely about the state of college football right now. This is going to be a little bit different because, you know, this week we don't have as many games. Uh, last week brought us some amazing ones. We're going to uh, address those, and then we're going to dig into the nitty-gritty. Alrighty, so to start out, uh, we, I'll uh, announce these uh, these scores of, of the big games last week that I really want to touch on, uh, give you guys some ideas, Uh from this last week uh, that I had, and then uh, we'll break it down, uh, release, well, if you guys don't know, we will let you guys know uh, who's going to be playing in the title games this week, and then we will be also releasing uh, our picks for that, and then breaking it down, uh, how the University of Utah gets into the Pac-12, not into the Pac-12, sorry, into the college football playoff. All righty, here we go. So let's buckle up. Okay, first game, uh, very big uh, game. Auburn beats Alabama, forty-eight to forty-five. Michigan beats or uh, loses to Ohio State. I'm sorry, twenty-seven to fifty-six. Cincinnati falls to Memphis. Uh, they'll have to turn around and play them next week by a score of twenty-four to thirty-four. And uh, those were like the big ones that I want to focus on. There are a lot of good games. I mean, uh, Utah ends up beating Colorado 45 to 15. It was a great game. Uh, the the Bedlam, we had uh, the Oklahoma game, uh, which was also a really good game. But these are the games I want to focus on. Number one, Auburn and Alabama. And now for years, uh, we have been subject to uh, the siege of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. And for those of you who don't know what a siege is, 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 is back in the, I guess, medieval times, they would go around a city and they would have their army outside of it. And they would basically just not let anyone go into the city or out of the city or out of this fortress or castle, right? They just chill there. And if they did, they'd capture them or they or they would uh, do other things to them. They'd just take them away. Uh, basically, they just chilled and uh, waited until they ran out of supplies inside of the city uh, until there's basically nothing. Well, we have been, College Football has had a siege placed upon us, and that is the Alabama Crimson Tide. And that is great. I mean, congratulations to them, uh, the dominance that they've been able to, to show over the last few years. But and I don't want to say that the, the dynasty's over, but the reign's over. But we're gonna we're gonna break this down here. They ended up losing on Saturday, and there was a call. There were a couple calls uh, at the at the half, right, where there was one second. And hey, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am an Auburn fan. I've been an Auburn fan for a long time, the majority of my life, and uh, I was very happy when I was able to uh, see that they got that one second. I don't know how they got the one second. Uh, it was put back up there. They reviewed it or whatever. I don't know. And uh, Nick Nick Saban is furious, right? So they break it down, uh, play out the second half. I mean, some crazy plays. Uh, you know, everyone's seen that pick six. That was wild off the 
back of the dude, intercepted, taken 102 yards, 103 yards for the for the touchdown. Kind of wild, but it happened, right? And uh, Alabama has the chance to uh, kick the field goal. They miss it. And uh, awesome for Auburn. And Auburn ends up uh, on the fourth down. And, you know, Nick Saban says that there was a penalty for having two men on the field, but they didn't have enough time to uh, sub somebody out. And he's furious again. And then after the, after the, the, like during the press conference, right? He has the audacity to come out and say, to complain about the refs. Now, I am not against, uh, I don't think any of these games are rigged. I just think that some teams get the calls. I don't know what it is. I think it's easier for a for a team that is you know eleven and zero or 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 ten and one to get in to get a call that might sway them in in their way, right? Whatever comes up must come down. And for years we've been under the siege. They have just controlled college football. They've gotten every single call. And what happens? This happens. They didn't get the call, right? Everything that could have went bad for Nick Saban it reversed. Karma, whatever you want to call it, come comes back around and it bites him for years and years. I swear, every single time I watch Alabama, I'm like, okay, the, that there is no one else gets that call. I mean, maybe outside, maybe Ohio State, if you want to get into that, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But like Alabama would get these crazy calls, they get these pass interference in in, in prime situations. My entire childhood growing up, I'm like, good heavens, I'm an Auburn fan, so of course I'm going to be looking at it through a different lens. But I'm like, they are getting babied, whatever you want to say it, and it finally came back around. I have this thing, uh, this indicator as we go through stats, you. And, and one of them is like, you know, close win, uh, close loss. So if over a 10-year period, uh, it will equal out to zero, right? If you flip uh, a coin uh, 100 times, you will most likely get 50 uh, heads and 50 tails. Or eventually it will average out. Well, I do close wins, close losses. But then I started breaking it down into calls. Okay, penalties. They they have been, you know, given these these, these wonderful opportunities where they get a penalty in a, in a prime location. And, and for years they've been getting that for years after year after year, and it finally came back around. Karma, whatever you want to call it, uh, but it just came back. Statistics say that if you're going to get a call in your favor, you're going to get a call against you, and that was that game. You know, right then, and I'm not saying that Auburn didn't get any bad calls or Alabama didn't get any breaks in that game. They did. They just missed the they just missed the field goal. Uh, so that was, I guess, your chance to, to tie the game, to call it good, but whatever. So, you know, they might have been two calls towards Auburn. Well, maybe Auburn uh, this season have been snubbed uh, off of a couple of calls uh, in the Florida game, if you want to say that, the LSU game, whatever you want to say. But it eventually will even out. Law of averages, whatever you want to do, it does. And it finally came back around. I loved it. And But then you have the audacity to, to complain about that. No. Take it like a man. And I understand it's really easy to, to, to bang on people. And I want to give a really big shout-out to Auburn, to Gus Malzahn, to out-coaching Nick Saban. But I think it's it's finally come back around. He's lost so many coordinators. I mean, Kirby Smart left, went to Georgia, and then and it has built up a rival. I mean, because, you know, he, he raised uh, Kirby, and now Kirby is in the SEC. Now he hasn't beat him. I mean, he, I believe he's still undefeated against uh, the, all of his coordinators. But he he does that, and he and he's had these um, these breaks. So 
I can't believe he said that. What uh, I, I personally, I would not be surprised in the next few years he ends up stepping away. Uh, he had the best quarterback he's ever had uh, in college, uh, in his college tenure, uh, at least this go around. I mean, you could probably weigh some other uh, odds and ends, but you know what? He you know, he had to, I mean, he got hurt in that game. Maybe it's a different game if he's there, uh, for sure. But, uh, it, it just, the, the defense didn't have his, it's locked a luster this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Crimson Tide will bounce back in the bowl game. And then this upcoming season, because it's the future isn't as bright knowing that two is going to be gone. So anyway. And then let's break down the Michigan-Ohio uh, State game. For me, uh, again, I feel like everybody in every single rivalry, you, you have a team that you cheer for, right? And and my team in this rivalry, because, I mean, I can say that I was brainwashed. My father uh, grew up a Michigan fan. I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but he even applied uh, <laughs> uh, when he was going to school just to see if he could get into Michigan. And and I believe it was even the master's program. So he just apply. I mean, he paid the, the admission fee just to see them uh, read his name at the U of, uh, U of M uh, admissions office. And, and he was happy. He has a little piece of paper uh, tucked away. So he huge diehard Michigan fan from Utah, which is kind of, weird because he's never been back to Ann Arbor, but he wants to go one day. We'll have to take him back there. But so I've cheered for Michigan my entire life, because if you were to cheer against the ladder, I'm pretty sure he would uh, have grounded me to my room for an entire year until the game, the big game came back around and uh, Michigan played Ohio state once again, and I could redeem myself. But uh, regardless, he loved that loves the game. And uh, we're watching it. And it was just, disappointing i guess uh ohio state is was a superior team they they're they're good and uh a lot of people have them as the best team in the country uh personally i again i said this last week i thought they're going to face a little bit of adversity this week going on the road uh to michigan it looked like it was close to the first half or so and then they kind of opened it up they still haven't faced adversity now what i mean by that meaning they're down uh or you know it's a really close game where they have a potential Potential of losing it. I don't even in the Penn State game. I don't ever. I've never felt this year. You know, Ohio State could genuinely lose this game. They have an opportunity this week against uh, Wisconsin to potentially lose, but I, I don't really see that happening. I think it's going to come in the college football playoff. Everyone's going to be hyping them, and uh, a team like uh, and a team like uh, Utah or Georgia or Oklahoma. If they go in as the number one seed, they have that potential of, of, of getting there. Kind of a, a crazy thought there. Anyway, so, uh, you know, to take them down because they, they're they going to place – they played – at this point in the season, you can say they played some good teams. They played Penn State. They played Michigan. They played Wisconsin. Congratulations, you got the win. It's not this who am they playing. I, I don't like it. I mean, I can use it against Alabama because uh, – they haven't really played anybody. They have a terribly weak schedule. But, you know, Ohio State, they've, they've went through it. They haven't lost yet. Congratulations to you. I wish you would have played, you know, somebody tougher in the in the, in the the non-conference play, but they didn't. So, uh, but you know what? That first game, and it's lo- as it's looking like, they're pretty much a lock for the college football playoff. They're going to face some adversity, and we're going to see. And, and quite frankly, I don't know if Ryan Day can coach during that adversity. We haven't seen it. They haven't been tested. And, uh, I mean, they, they, they've they gone through the schedule. Again, they've never been down. They've never had to come back. I want to see it, and I think in the next two or three, well, two or three games for them, uh, whether it be in the conference championship, maybe against Wisconsin, they prepare a little bit differently, or against a potential Utah, OU, or Georgia. I guess you could throw Baylor in there as well. Uh, anyway, 
and then a potential, uh, you know, Georgia. I mean, it will be interesting. And then, and then if they win that game, they could play, you know, Clemson or LSU, who, whomever it is, they're going to face adversity. And I want to see it because I don't know if this team is ready for it. You know, Clemson had a really close game against North Carolina. That was their adversity, you know, and they got lucky. Mac Brown went for it. Had they kicked the field goal, completely different story. But they went for it. They didn't get it. They they've been in that t- close game. Utah, they have a loss. They were down pretty much the entire game against USC. They know what it's like to lose. They they felt that this team specifically, and it's not like oh no, we lost last year. No, this team right now knows what it's like. Or in the Washington game where Washington was up big on Utah and Utah had to come back and win. That's adversity. Oklahoma against Baylor being down 28 to three. They had to come back. They know what adversity is. They know how bad they want it. So an interesting take there. Ohio state hasn't really been tested this year. They're the only team I feel, I feel like LSU has had a, you know, I feel like the Alabama, uh, they were tested a little bit, their, their resolve and stuff like that. But anyway, and then the final one that I really wanted to break it down was Cincy Memphis. Uh, they ended up sitting, uh, their, uh, Memphis did, they ended up sitting their quarterback. He didn't end up playing. Now, some people, uh, his name is Desmond Ritter. Uh, some people have said that it was to save him for this next week or, uh, regardless because they turn around and play each other again. This is by far the hardest pick of the week because, it is really hard to beat a team twice in one year, let alone beat them back-to-back uh, times. Now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, New Mexico State actually lost to Liberty twice this year, which is, uh, yeah, they lost to Liberty twice, which is kind of a, a crazy thing that you, you would lose. You would think that you would be able to prepare a little bit better and that you would know a little bit. I mean, you're preparing for them. Uh, but this is going to be the most intriguing game this next week. Uh, Mike Norvell has been linked to numerous uh, other head coaching jobs. Uh, Arkansas, whether it be Arkansas or, or, or uh, Mississippi, I saw. I don't know if there's any truth to this. I actually saw a, a tweet about it saying that, that Ole Miss could be considering him. I don't know uh, if there's any truth to that rumor or to Missouri, to, to more of an SEC power. Um, I think he'd do really well at Missouri, actually, now that I think about it. But uh, Barry Odom is uh, stepping away. But anyway, I, I just I think it's really hard. Uh, this, this It's going to be kind of like, I feel like it's kind of like Scott Frost, uh, UCF team, uh, where they're going to be playing for their coach. And when your coach is linked to those big schools and that you're going to be movie, moving, it's really hard to uh, to focus. Now that there's been more rumors coming out, even more so this last week around him regarding it. It's really hard. I feel like it's going to be hard to stay focused. Um, kind of like it was for Scott Frost. Scott Frost UCF team ended up getting the win. Uh, but this Cincinnati team, I think they have a couple tricks up their sleeve they didn't show. Now they had to go on the road, and it's going to be at Memphis, which is going to be a huge advantage for uh, the Memphis Tigers. But uh, really kind of a difficult game, the hardest game to pick this week. All right, so uh, that's the first little bit of Get the Ball Rolling today on our FBS podcast. Uh, We will be taking a step away uh, after this ad break. We'll bring you back, and we will uh, break it down uh, between Utah and Oklahoma and why I believe one of them should be in the college football playoff while the other one is sitting. uh, I guess it wouldn't be at home, but they'd get into other BCS, uh, you know, New Year's Six Staple. All right, after the break, stay tuned. Now let's move on to our uh, next part of the show. So uh, this morning I had the opportunity 
as I was preparing for uh, one of my final tests to uh, be watching a show where a certain, I'll, I'll leave it this, uh, a certain analyst had went through and was saying some some interesting things. And it kind of, and I feel like uh, if this analyst uh, at, uh, that's supposed to be revered for his, uh, you know, his insight, and he really, I really do, I listen to him a lot. But if 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 an analyst is who's supposed to be, you know, neutral to everything, uh, goes on a show and then says, you know, what I, well, what I will say, he, like it's really interesting because they're supposed to be impartial to everything. So this analyst had said that the country does not want to see the University of Utah in the playoff. Now, some of you that follow this, you might be able to understand it. Uh, you might know the analyst or whatever, but I, and I don't want to attack him personally. That's why I'm just leaving it ambiguous. Uh, but I think uh, he's from the East Coast. We'll just leave it at that. And I think that... Uh, glaringly we have a problem in college football and that is the people on the east coast are not staying up for these pac-12 games and and it ends up hurting them in the long run i want to take we're going to take a 2008 university of utah football team and and i know i'm a fan but i'm going to to break it down as a pac-12 uh correspondent uh working uh you know uh, right here with uh Woos media and everything i want to break it down right i want to tell you guys how i see it from the pac-12 point of view so the only well we'll break it down the pac-12 they now uh it was rumored to, to say that they were going to be starting to have games at like 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. And everybody scoffed. Everyone laughed. Man, the pack of 12 can't have it in the morning. Uh, why, why? They're just barely waking up. They're out there. They're out west partying all night. You know, we out east, we were working all hard all day Friday. And, and they're just barely waking up. And, uh, the, you know, they miss the first couple hours of football because they're just, you know, laying around. Uh, and I was like, no, uh, I, I've heard a couple of uh, a snide remarks, right, for the West Coast uh, teams. So, you know, it was it was shot down that we have it at 10 o'clock, uh, you know. Uh, in the morning here in Mountain Time or Pacific Time, which would have been eleven Mountain Time, which would have been one o'clock uh, back east at Eastern Time. Now, and and people begin to scoff at that, but really, it's something that we really should look into because if a certain uh, analyst can go on a show on a national show in the morning and say that the country doesn't want to watch Utah, well, that's because nobody in the country back East is staying up until two, three in the morning watching the PAC 12 play. Yeah, it's late. Look, I am an avid PAC 12 fan. I will stay up and watch any kind of PAC 12 game that I can, whether it be Washington state, whether it be Oregon state, whether it be Stanford, whether it be whomever it may be. Of course, I like Utah and Colorado, uh, and I have a couple of soft spots for some other Pac-12 teams. You know, I'm going to stay up and watch. And people out east, they're, they're missing the point. They're, I mean, it's glaringly obvious that they are missing how good these teams are. Now, of course, you say, well, you know, Oregon played Auburn at the beginning of the season, and they ended up losing, and and uh, that was their the Pac-12's chance to shine. Sure. On a neutral field, really, we're going to put everything – the first game of the year, we're going to put all of our eggs in that basket? Come on. It's a completely different team. It just is a glaring example of what's happening. 
the committee is all based out of the East. Now, I don't care. You can take, you know, you can take an athletic director from Oregon. You can take somebody from University of Southern California. You might bring somebody from, uh, you know, Utah State, and they can go vote. But that's that's the problem, is that they're going back East to vote. They need to have almost a separate committee out West so they can analyze the Western teams. Because these Eastern folks, they wake up, you know, okay, when does a normal person wake up? Maybe 8 o'clock on a Saturday, maybe 9 o'clock if you want to sleep in, right? Uh, you got ESPN College Game Day going, you flip it on, and you're going to watch the big games. So you're going to watch the Michigan, you're going to watch Clemson, you're going to watch uh, the SEC, even though the SEC is a little bit later in the in the evening, maybe around, you know, 2, 3 o'clock in the evening, but you're going to watch those games. And uh, most of the time, at least in my experience, my wife, after a couple hours of football, she's like, hey, can we watch something else? Can we turn on a movie? And uh, you can watch it on uh, on your computer, on, on the tablet, whatever it is, right? I'm like, okay, yeah, no problem. I'll, I can do that. But after a while, people kind of get sick. Now, most people watch their favorite team, and they let go, and they might watch one of the big games at night. Well, this committee, they're staying up. They're watching, they're watching football all game, all day long. And if a Pac-12 game, here in Utah, so it's at 8.30. We'll just take the University of Utah, for example. 8.30, that means it's 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night on the East Coast. And I understand it's these guys' jobs. They're supposed to be analyzing all the games. No, what happens is they go to bed. They go to bed, and then they forget about uh, – they're like, ah, you know what, Utah might be playing uh, uh, Arizona State. We're not going to stay up and watch that game, but we'll look at the box score. So you look at the box score, 21-3. Uh, to 3. Oh well, Utah played all right. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a blowout. Uh, well, this Arizona State team, they've oh well, they've lost a few games there. They played some. Well, we don't really know what to make of it, so we're just going to rank them here just to make the people out west happy. No, that's the problem. We need to have an entirely separate committee that is devoted to watching the west teams. Now, I'm not saying that everyone out west. Obviously, there's there's less schools. Uh, there's a lot of space. Uh, I mean, like you look at it, it back east on both the FBS and FCS level, they have plenty more uh, conferences and schools back there of course uh, well, the west hasn't been settled as much as it has back east and uh, we have the pac-12 in the mountain west uh, out here and i know at one point we had the WAC for a while but it's now you know been disbanded and is kind of like the mountain west 2.0 WAC point 2.0 right but but that's how it is in in these people they're missing it the, the country of course if you if you dare make that accusation you you're going to look at it okay well utah in 2004 went to the fiesta bowl one in, in 2008 they beat a very good alabama team smacked them in the mouth 31 to 17 everybody here in utah was like look this team's legit and then they put them in the sugar bowl honestly i want to say i want to feel like it was like ah, well you know what they're they were the group of five winner we'll put them against alabama because because nick saban had 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 some notoriety he was a good coach and what happened 31 to 17 beat down it was a clinic by that university of utah football team and now you're looking at it there's four legit prospects on on utah's defense you know i bet a couple of them could potentially go first round in the NFL draft. And a really good running back who I think uh, Jonathan Taylor is pretty good. I think he's better than J.K. Dobbins. I'd put Zach Moss up against anybody in this in in uh, the country. Honestly, even Jonathan Taylor, which and that's the Big Ten, the, the, the muscle of the Big Ten. And we have an amazing quarterback who, who really is fun to watch. He might not be somebody that will be, you know, 
you know, someone to build a franchise around in football and on the next level, but he's a fun quarterback and he's a hard worker and he's super smart at that too, graduated early. But anyway, we're, we're missing the point. So if the country doesn't want it and they don't want Utah, the, they're 2-0 and in BCS era, that they go to a BCS game, they're the first you know power five team at that time to go there. No thanks to Urban Meyer and bringing that. And then in 2008, they got there, they disrupted the system and they said, we need to have a, a college football playoff, right? We need to have a separate thing. Conference realignment happened. The change happened. Oh, we need to, you know, the, the University of Utah claimed that they were better than Florida. They were they were UCF before UCF was UCF. Boise State had a couple runs at it. But what I'm saying is that these people, they're missing the point. And, and the people in Salt Lake City and generally in the state of Utah genuinely look at it and go, look, this Utah team is legit. They've blown out everybody. They had one bad game. And that's what everyone's going to going to look at. They're going to go, ah, oh, man, University of Utah, they had that bad that bad loss against USC. Well, they hadn't won there in 100 years. They were on their third-string quarterback. You know how hard it is to prepare for a third-string quarterback? I mean, you don't even know who this, if this – I mean, and he can play. Kind of. I mean, it wasn't like a world beater. And I know it kind of sounds ridiculous to say, well, how hard is it? Well, when you haven't scouted anybody and he comes out slinging it, hey, you know what? Maybe the USC just had a little bit, uh, you know, a magic that night. But you know what? If Utah was failed, USC, no doubt they would be number four. It's because they are Utah. Uh, They're sitting at number five now. We're going to bring it down. Realistically, I don't think Georgia has much of a chance to get in. I think LSU, you know, if I'm LSU, I would be very, I would want to win the SEC championship. You haven't won it in, you know, a certain amount of years or whatever. You want to get there. You want to win it. So it's not like they're going to be mailing it in. And they want, and you want to remain, you want to have that perfect record. So you're not going to, they had a terrible loss, this Georgia team. And, and it shouldn't come down to losing. It should be come down to winning. And Utah's blown out virtually everybody. Washington was a close game. USC, they lost, but they've blown out everybody. I mean, teams that were, that were good teams. I mean, just put a pounding. I mean, Colorado came out and smacked Utah in the mouth the first quarter. If you guys were up uh, watching it this last week, and they come, they come roaring back, forty-five to fifteen, just a flipping clinic. And then you go, okay, well, you know, Georgia, if they lose, they're probably out. So we'll, we'll get rid of that Alabama or that Georgia LSU scenario. So who are you going to put up? Say, oh, uh, OU wins. All right, you look at the resume, Oklahoma. You have it. You have not. I mean, you've had three different tries at the, the stabs at this uh, college football uh, playoff thing. Uh, even even that, I personally think that that was probably the best game when uh, Baker Mayfield lined up against uh, Georgia a couple years ago. That was probably one of the best games I have ever seen. But we've seen this. We've seen this all before. They lose. They don't make it. Clemson, they lost 17 to 37. In the Rose Bowl, they lost to Georgia. Granted, was double overtaking 48 to 54. Last year, they get smoked 34 to 45. So, do we really want to see another OU game? Now, you shouldn't say you should. Now, you say no, 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 Tyler. Wait. The 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 job of the committee is to put the four best teams in college football. Yeah, but everyone they're human too. You know what? The 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 committee members are like you know what? If we put Oklahoma in there. Man, we gotta. I mean, it's, a, it's easy. You're gonna appease a much larger fan base. I'm gonna say Pac-12. But if you don't, if you have a Pac-12 champion sitting at 11 and one, and you put in an Oklahoma and or a Baylor, depending on the the result this weekend, you're basically telling everybody, past west of the Mississippi, you are irrelevant. 
It's just not happening. I mean, like, I mean, I understand, uh, and I'm more referring towards the Pac-12. You could, okay, west of the Rockies, because you still got the Big 12 in there uh, with Oklahoma, but you're just saying it's not it's not worth it. You guys do play meaningless football games. So, I, and I think there needs, there's going to be a change coming. You can kind of feel it in college football when there's going to be a change. And I honestly think that it needs to be, scheduling needs to, to be redone. There could be a complete restructure, but you got to put a committee somewhere out west. Have a committee. Maybe it's only five dudes or six dudes, but they meet together in a room full of TVs and they watch the Pac-12. They don't just look at the box score. Now, I might be completely wrong. I'm just taking a stab at it because if an analyst goes on there and says you don't want it, you don't know how good this football team is. You know what? Congratulations, Oklahoma. You're you're great. It's it's it looks somewhat like uh, you know flag football. Looks like uh, high school football. Everyone, you're just gonna chuck the ball up and, and and hope for the best. No defense being played. This Utah team is tough as nails. And I will say, you put Utah up against anybody in uh, in the college football playoff. I like our chances. Number one, Kyle Whittingham does not lose in bowl games. Last year he did. Everybody was hurt, uh, and then I believe he'd only lost like two prior to that. And he's been at Utah for 15 years. Yeah, his oh his bowl record's 11 and two. Last year was a loss to Northwestern. The other one was against uh, Boise State in the Las Vegas Bowl when they kind of got snubbed out of the Group of Five conference. So so two really good teams, and that and you know I think Utah you know beats Northwestern with a healthy Zach Moss, healthy Tyler Huntley, uh, Helton Britton Covey. I mean we we can go on and on and on about uh, why Utah. Uh, you know, lost that game, but you give Kyle Winningham six weeks to prepare for you. They're going to come out. There's going to be some kind of trick play. There's going to be, they're going to hit you and it's going to hurt. And, and honestly, if the committee wants to make a point, say PAC 12, you are less than us. You're less than the East coast teams. Put them in and let them get annihilated. But they're scared. They know it's not going to happen because last time they did last time they got to BCS bowl, Utah, one 31 to 17 and that's all i want to leave with that and that's it's a good alabama team 14 points in the sugar bowl that's a southern team sugar bowl i mean we're talking about the saint stadium new orleans not very far from alabama versus where utah was that's a southern game and utah went into the sugar bowl and got the win great game uh, a lot of interesting people. So that's kind of that. Now, I don't want to discredit Oklahoma or Baylor or or, or the Big 12 as, as a lesser uh, conference or whatever. All conferences are equal. They, we got to get out of this SEC bias that this SEC is greater. Yeah, top heavy. SEC is top heavy. Top to bottom, I'm sorry, Arkansas, not a really good football team. Vanderbilt this year, not a very good football team. I mean, even Kentucky last year, remember how good they were this year? Not very good. I mean, they've done enough to win, but not very good. Mississippi State, you know, was, uh, I mean, if, um, you know, Ole Miss knocks off Mississippi State, neither of them are are bull eligible. And, you know, the dude doesn't do the, the ping dog uh, uh, celebration, then... I mean, it's a totally different concept right now. But th- I'm just saying, look at it like this. Pac-12, let's make some noise. And I understand that a lot of we have a lot of uh, West Coast listeners on this show. And I think I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. But there needs to be something done. And we need to get this conversation rolling. Get the ball rolling, right? We need to get it going so that you have a little bit more uh, representation out West. I understand that Pac-12, they like to you know beat each other up. Everyone beats everyone. And then you have a conference championship that, you know, a one loss team versus a three loss team. But this year it's pure. If Utah wins, they deserve to be in. Now, if they lose, everything is null, null and void, throw in Oklahoma or Baylor, throw in Georgia. If, you know, 
But uh, that's just kind of my thought. If Utah gets the win, you got to put them in, not because I'm a fan, because you cannot say that the Pac-12 is ir- irrelevant with a one-loss lo- one Pac-12 champion. I mean, I'm sorry. It, it, it is greater. The resume is better. Uh, you don't want to even go common opponent because UCLA can't be you know, weighed as, as much of a com- common opponent. But uh, that's just my personal opinion, and I think we need to get it going. The country may not want to see Utah, but country stay up. I mean, I, I can't believe that somebody – that was their opinion. I, I don't think, I think he was speaking out of term as an analyst. That was a terrible take. And I'm sorry, this Utah team is legit. Put Utah in everyone. I mean, I kind of had a general feeling that UCF, we wanted to see UCF and they didn't get put in, uh, around the country. They wanted to see, you know, this, this, uh, sparky UCF team from, uh, from South, uh, South Florida, central Florida go up and, uh, against the big dogs. Oh, well, they gave them like a, you know, Auburn just kind of, you know, packed it in and Auburn called it quits, right? Anyway, that was just kind of my opinion on that. Really interesting how we're going to break this down. I think Utah versus OU, I think they would put Utah in. That's my personal opinion. I think that's what should happen. I think Utah's sitting at number four. If they play Ohio State, I like that matchup. I'm telling you, I kind of got that feeling. We kind of got a good feeling there. Uh, You know, two really, really stout defenses. Now, Utah's offense isn't as good as Ohio Ohio's offense, but uh, still a really impressive. That would be a really fun game for the viewers. All right, now we're going to move on real quick to uh, our predictions uh, for this week and the conference uh, tournament. Or, yeah, I guess not tournament, but the conference championship games. All right, we're going to start from uh, last to first. Well, I guess we'll start on Friday uh, instead of the other way around. So Utah versus Oregon. I'm going to be taking our running Utes uh, from Utah. I think they're better than Oregon. I think it's going to come down to Justin Herbert. He's going to make uh, one interception, maybe two interceptions, and Utah's scoring defense is going to capitalize on it. Utah's defense is legit. They are very good. Watch out. And I think this is going to, you know, Friday night on ABC, I hope the country is watching this University of Utah team play. They're hungry. Uh, You know, people are talking about them. This entire uh, this entire week, they're ready to do it, and I think you know against Oregon, they've played historically pretty good, and uh, we'll be on a neutral site in California, no home field advantage. I think Utah is going to come out on top. Uh, Baylor against OU, kind of like the Memphis Cincinnati game. I will. I'm going to take uh, Baylor for this reason, and I, and not just because I want this to happen, but I think Baylor is going to figure it out. I think they were let down in their performance. They know how to win, and uh, personally, I'm just going to. I want to take them. It's really hard to beat two, uh, beat a team twice in a year. And uh, you know, you look at it last year, Oklahoma. I mean, they did beat Texas 39 to 27, uh, and they, you know, they're back to back Big 12 champions. I think this is kind of Baylor's year. I, I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take it. Uh, I want to say that I saw it was like by seven was the line. I could be wrong, but uh, I'm definitely going to be taking Baylor. Okay, Central Michigan versus Miami, Ohio. I'll be taking the Chippewas. I think they've been playing really great. I think uh, Jim McClain, that was at uh, uh, Florida for a few years, has not, I wouldn't say a second chance. Uh, I didn't really like the Florida fit for him, but uh, he went down to Central Michigan. This guy's a winner. He's a really good football coach. I think Florida had some ridiculous expectations. They wanted Dan Mullen deep down uh, inside, so I'm going to be taking uh, Simu, uh, Central Michigan, over Miami, Ohio in the MAC 
championship game. In this out of the Sun Belt, we have Appalachian State against Louisiana Lafayette. I love what Billy Napier has done at the Raging Cajuns. Uh, I I really like what Mark Hutspeth did as well. And you, uh, if you you know FCS fans, he'll be uh, traveling to Sacramento this Saturday to take on uh, Sacramento State, his uh, Austin P. Governors, and he did he had a really good job there at Louisiana. They've been known to kind of uh, produce these champions and produce these winners. And uh, but I think App State, there. I mean, this team's just good. Uh, I believe their quarterback's name. I, I'll make sure Zach Taylor is what I'm kind of feeling is what his name uh, in my memory. But anyway, that, I mean, the quarterback. Oh, sorry, Zach Thomas. I think Zach Taylor's the one for uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Zach Thomas, he's an absolute baller. Uh, I'm very impressed with him and his play, and he's only a junior. He can come back again next year and uh, lead the Mountaineers to another great uh, Sunbelt campaign. This team, since entering the FBS, I mean, they were a pretty you know top-tier FCS team, obviously knocking off Michigan and getting a few national championships along the way. Uh, it's like it's why I want North Dakota State to join uh, the FBS and why I think James Maddox could join the FBS. Now, you don't want it to be a second-rate, you know, FCS as, as, as a more of a bottom uh, league or whatever, because those are the teams that dominate it, but you know, I think that those teams would step into this just like Appalachian State did. They're very, very talented, have really good recruiting. Uh, they know their market, and they're playing very well, and I'm liking it. And hey, and a shout-out to Coach uh, Scott Satterfield at the University of Louisville. Uh, he has done an amazing job there uh, with the Cardinal in the ACC. Yeah, this is the first year that uh, the head coach, uh, Elijah, Elijah, Elijah Dirkwitz, man, hard names to say, uh, he is at App State. He was there as a coordinator beforehand, but, uh, you know, I think he's a winner. I think he's going to learn a lot, but I do like what Billy Napier's built. I'm taking App State. Clemson, Virginia, again with the ACC, I don't really know how to break it down. Uh, Virginia's big win was against Virginia Tech this last weekend. Congratulations to them. And uh, Coach Bronco Mendenhall, I haven't been able to say that very much because he's always been uh, coaching for BYU, but uh, good, good for good for him. I, uh, he's you know helped the Cavaliers uh, back to, to winning, right? And uh, I think Clemson destroys obviously. And Clemson, a lot of people have a lot of question marks. I think they're bored in my opinion. I think they're just sitting there ready to attack and uh, ready to pounce. This is going to be a really fun college football playoff. Um, we have UAB versus FAU in the in the title game uh, in the uh, Conference USA. Sorry, I almost said Sunbelt. Conference USA. And uh, I want to be taking the FAU Owls. I know that UAB won it last year. Uh, they played Middle Ten Tennessee State. Uh, but I believe that game was a home game for them. They had the uh, but FAU uh, pulled home field advantage down in Boca Raton. So I'm going to be taking FAU. I think Lane Kiffin has done a great job, a tremendous job at FAU recruiting, building that program into what it is today. Uh, I do like what Bill Clark has done, though, at UAB. And I wouldn't be surprised if his name is floated around some of these uh, other, uh, you know, bigger jobs, I guess, if you want if you want to go with that. I mean, uh, SEC-type jobs. I think he's done a tremendous job at UAB. He's obviously got uh, – he has the kids focus i don't know if he'd ever intend to leave but he's done a pretty good job but i'll be taking fau uh in this game uh the next game uh on the docket and i still haven't made my selection so this is going to be a live selection uh this will be uh the memphis cincinnati game and I really, I want to say this to start off. I really like both teams. I really like uh, what Luke Fickle has done. Uh, when he was at Ohio State, uh, 
I mean, he was there in between Trestle and Meyer, and it was like he was the interim coach, and he didn't have a lot of success. So I was like, I don't know if this guy will ever coach. This guy's a good football coach. I like what he can do. Uh, if their quarterback is at full health, Desmond uh, Ritter, I think that is a completely different game. Now, if he does not play, uh, I think that's going to be the key is him. Uh, they played really well. I've been able to watch them on numerous occasions, watch the Marshall game. I watched the UCF game. I watched the USF game. I watched the Temple and then the Memphis game. Uh, they've played really well uh, of late. They've had a little bit tougher of a schedule. I'll be taking Memphis in this game. I think it's ridiculously hard to win back-to-back. But I just think that, I honestly, this Memphis team really should be undefeated. They had a really bad call in the Temple game to give them the loss when it looked like it was a first down, uh, if you guys know this. And uh, it will be interesting to see what Mike Norville does, uh, what uh, Brady White does if he decides to stay another year. I mean, Obviously, Pax and Lynch didn't turn out to be anything really in the NFL, and it's kind of his uh, predecessor. But I think Brady White would be interesting to see where he goes. I think he does have uh, some next-level uh, talent. So I'm going to be taking Memphis. Uh, out of the SEC, LSU. Uh, I just think that LSU, uh, they're on a tear this year. It's kind of their year. I kind of feel like the chosen one to win it. So I'm going to be taking LSU. Uh to beat Uga in the SEC championship game. Out West, we have Boise State versus Hawaii. Uh, I want to make sure, I want to check this uh, as I as I speak here, just to make sure where uh, this game is being played. But it is, if it is is being played in Boise, uh, it's going to be really hard to to, 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 to take uh, anybody but the Broncos. Um, yes, it, it is being played in Boise. Just had to double check that. I'm going to be taking the Broncos. Uh, they don't lose on the Smurf turf. Hawaii has had a tremendous season. Uh, whatever they've got, the, the flow they've got down there in Hawaii, they're doing a tremendous job at uh, recruiting, uh, keeping the kids uh, on the island, getting people uh, to come to the island. Um, his name is Nick Rolovich, and uh, he's done a tremendous job. I've been very, very impressed with uh, him. Last year, I, I had I didn't get to watch a lot of Hawaii games, and uh, but I did watch them in the Hawaii Bowl against Louisiana Tech. I was impressed. I have been able to watch them a couple times this season, uh, playing against Oregon State when they won and when they played Boise the first time. They did lose, and it was uh, at Boise State. Uh, coming to Hawaii, uh, from Hawaii to Boise, completely different atmosphere. It's going to be really cold on the Smurf turf. I'm going to be taking the Broncos. And then finally, Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Uh, despite uh, them not, I don't think this is the game they'll find adversity. I think it'll be in the first uh, the first round of the, the college football playoff, and it will be, that will be the tough one. I'm going to be taking Ohio State. All right, so that those are our predictions for get the ball rolling. Uh, I know that it, I've been I've kind of broken it down. I really want you guys to really uh, look, introspect yourselves, find out what you believe. I, if Utah wins, I believe they deserve to be in. Uh, watch out because I mean I'll be breaking it down next week uh, with all of the games from this week, and then obviously looking ahead to the bowl season. A lot of fun this weekend. Cannot wait for it to happen. Uh, I love love, love uh, college football and everything that it is. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Let me know uh, if, if I'm crazy. Let me know if you liked it. Let me know what I need to add. Uh, we love you guys and all of the fan engagement that we've had. I hope you guys have a great week. Until next time, after conference championship weekend, let's keep the ball rolling. Have a great week.